So um, welcome to uh, Studio 9. Uh, for those who are listening uh, on, on um, iTunes or watching on YouTube, um, we are at the uh, Ontario Student Leadership Conference held in Niagara Falls, our 40th anniversary. Lisa is our keynote speaker um, today, and uh, Lisa is an amazing human being. And I am so happy you, had, you would sit down with us for a few minutes and just <laughs> chat with us here. Um, the goal of Studio 9 is to kind of like share a little bit deeper kind of thought process on what you talked about or what you kind of just share some more ideas and a little bit more than maybe deeper in the background of stuff. Um, so Lisa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, so let's, let's, start back, um, let's start back at the beginning. Um, how did you, so Lisa is an 11-time Ironman triathlete winner, mm-hmm. correct? 11 mm-hmm. times. Um, you've been ranked internationally. Mm-hmm. So you were ranked at the highest, I believe, second or third in the world? Uh, top five in the world top five for in the world. a, a for long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah, for a long yeah. time. Yeah. So when did you decide? So when did you decide that that was the path? We're going to go back in a little bit, bit more of the story, but um, when did you decide that you wanted to be a triathlete? <laughs> and, and an Ironman triathlete at that. Yeah. Uh, I was a triathlete as an amateur when I was at university. Okay. And which is quite fitting given that we're at the Ontario Student Leadership Conference yeah. because I was a student and I was away at university and really looking to find my home mm-hmm. away from home mm-hmm. and sport was my vehicle to do that so I joined the running team and then met people and they said well you got to do triathlon and so I did a triathlon and then it became my social life and my you know built my self-esteem my confidence I fit in I did well at the university and balanced the two things and just loved it uh, but I'm I love competing and so I'd always sort of rank myself well what if I was a professional where would I rank and so that was always in the back of my head so I graduated as a teacher and taught uh, for a long time. Yeah, Seven, computer science. Computer science and math. Which totally is different opposite. than an Ironman triathlon. <laughs> yeah, it's totally different from Ironman, but it's all thinking because yeah. really Ironman is all about thinking. It's all a mental game. Yeah, it's all a mental game. Yeah. So I taught uh, for seven years at St. Francis Xavier High School in Mississauga and was always balancing sport with teaching. And so I'd actually ironically get up at 4.30 in the morning and I'd swim with students, not my students, but the way to get faster was to swim with the 10-year-olds because they sure. were fish and, you know, I was 30 yeah. and I'd swim with them and then I'd be teaching calculus at 8 a.m. with my own students yeah. and then I'd finish teaching for the day and my helping my students and then I'd go and train again. And so I was doing that for many years, but it was tiring, really tired tired quite a bit and I um, went to see my doctor and said I don't know I think I'm burnt out and she's like why aren't you doing this full-time why you should be doing sport full-time you've got a very small window mm-hmm. and so I dove in full-on full on, and uh, I still ta- uh, tutored for a couple of years just so that I could justify paying for a massage and making sure I was making money and uh, until I was you know a fully yeah. fledged professional athlete so my question okay, so two questions for that let's go back even farther <laughs> when you were so you, this is in university. Did you were you an athlete in high school? Uh, a little I, bit. Yeah. I I did run in high school. Like on the track team or yeah, I started country? running in, when I was in grade seven, and oh. I ran a bit in high school, but not a lot. I got injured a lot, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to uh, get a, a scholarship to university. That was my big goal. So yeah. to devote my time to track and field was difficult. I did balance it a little bit. Uh, I was fortunate when I was in grade 13, the old days when we had yeah. grade 13, my mm-hmm. math teacher wanted me to run track and I said, well, I need a scholarship to university and she said, I think you can do both. I won't count, I don't want you to study for your next test um, wow. and if you don't get your usual grade, then I'll give it to you because I want you to run track. And so I, I did get the, my usual grade 
and I and ran, ran track. track. So grade 13, I did do both things. What was, and, your, what was your race in track? What did you do? Uh, I ran the 1500. Right, of course, yeah. long distance. Distance, yes. Yeah, and did you place well in that? Did you do well in that? Uh, I was pretty good, but I was never a top. Did you were officer or No, I never no. went to officer. So I was no. not, uh, certainly no one would have noticed me in high school. I was wow. a participant. That's interesting. I just did my thing. I wanted to, I wanted to do it all. I wanted to be a good student. I wanted to have a date for the prom. I wanted right. to uh, get a scholarship. High school and life I wanted to and enjoy be, yourself. Yeah. And, and I really did. I yeah. loved high school. So, um, so then you went to university, mm -hmm. and that's where you started pursuing it. What was your, like, for those who don't know, I think everyone knows what an Ironman or a triathlon is. It's, it, it's, it, so let's just, just preface an understanding. So a triathlon is a triathlon is a, it's running and it's swimming and it's biking. Mm -hmm. And an Ironman, Ironman triathlon, so what is the difference in distances? So just so everyone clear. So a triathlon is, is how long? So a, normal, a, reg, a regular, triathlon. regular triathlon, you normally swim a kilometer and a half, yeah. bike 40 kilometers, yeah. and run 10 kilometers. Run 10. And then an Ironman, you swim 3.8 kilometers. Yeah. You ride your bike for 180 kilometers, and then you run a marathon, which is 42.2 kilometers. That is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a bit long. <laughs> that is, and how many have you done? I've done 33 Ironmans. And how many triathlons? Uh, Just hundreds, hundreds, thousands. I don't know. 20 years worth. Just you run maybe all the time. ten ten a year probably. Minimum. And would you do just like would you just do would you just do like uh, running races on its own yes, separately, yep, and you yes. do like ten k's and yep. half marathons mm -hmm. and marathons mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. oh my gosh, <laughs> I ran last year once and um, <laughs> yeah now, so um, and here's but here's the caveat to all of that mm -hmm. when were you diagnosed with CF I was diagnosed when I was 20 okay. which is late so this was after you started running yes okay so I felt indestructible at age 20 so but you so, so when you when you were diagnosed at 20 mm -hmm. did you say I have to stop did you think at any point well I guess I better stop no, because I think at the time I was indestructible. You know, a 20 year old. Even at 20 can do with anything. the diagnosis, yes. you still felt indestructible. Yep, I did. I was away at university. I was running. I said, well, I feel healthy. I said, isn't this fantastic? I'm going to call the doctor, tell them I'm sick, get a prescription, and they're going to nail it right away. I won't yeah. have to do the nine months of antibiotics. So, and you know, we also knew that we obviously had a milder strain of it, mm -hmm. that we weren't the same as other children. So there's mm -hmm. definitely a distinction. There's some children that sure. will take a different path than certainly I took. Um, I'm healthier the most, mainly because I'm exercise though. Yeah. Uh, that it's, I mean, uh, CF means that you produce an abnormal amount of mucus in the right. lungs. And so by virtue of exercise, I'm moving that mucus out constantly. Right, so breathing, for, for someone with CF, breathing is a challenge. It can be. CF, yeah, typically. absolutely. Absolutely. And I yeah. mean, I, I got quite sick in 2010 and my lung function dropped from 100% to 55% over the course of six months. Wow. And that was, it It felt like there was an elephant sitting on my chest. There was all like, the time. All the time. Like I'd go to church and I couldn't sing. Like I just could not sing. And um, a couple of years, two years ago, I had um, a collapsed lung because I didn't clear the mucus and it shut off uh, one of the lung chambers. And like I knew, because I'm an athlete, I knew instantly because I was swimming and I thought, why is my arm going numb? And then the next day I was like, why am I so out of breath? Like this isn't normal for me to be out of breath. And I don't know if I would have noticed it if I was just walking to work or walking around my house. Mm -hmm. And so after two days of having sort of chest pain, I went to my doctor and he sent me for a CT scan and said, you've got a collapsed lung. And so the CF clinic immediately, you know, they're on it. They tried to get me to clear it on my own. Uh, you know, they said, go run far, <laughs> go really? run hard, <laughs> like try to cough it out and get rid of it. We'll yeah. give you like the weekend. And I couldn't. Yeah. And um, so then they went in, um, 
called a bronchoscopy and they went in with down my, my throat and into my lungs and literally took triceps, uh, little forceps and tried to pull it out. For the most part, you know, when I have been hospitalized, the doctors will come in and say, you're so healthy because of your exercise. And when I was hospitalized, they, you know, I'm hooked up to IV and they said, can we bring you an exercise bike? Because we know you'll get healthy if you exercise. Wow. And I said, that's okay. I just ran up and down the stairs for 40 minutes. <laughs> so you, you still, you're still committed to exercise? I'm committed to exercise. It keeps me healthy. I, I think the real, when I got quite sick in 2010 and, and I was on intravenous for five weeks, so obviously I couldn't swim. And swimming had been part of my life for so long. And <clears throat> I looked in the mirror and I saw like skinny arms and I was just like, you know, I, I want to be strong. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be strong. And for me, doing sports makes me strong and it keeps me healthy. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel alive. So when I was on IV, the nurse would come, I was at a Han home IV at one stage and the nurse would come to the ho house and I'd be on my bike, not for very long. I couldn't breathe very sure. well, but I got on there for an hour a day and, and she'd say, I can't believe you're on your bike. I said, this is the one hour a day I feel normal. Because so I'm an not hour a day is not very long. No. <laughs> but it was so An hour fun. a day to me sounds like it's, uh, it's forever. <laughs> it's forever. Um, it's interesting because, you know, we have a, a mutual friend, Greg, Dr. Greg Wells, um, who read a lot of research at U of T and at Sick Kids Hospital and stuff. And one of the areas he worked on was children with CF. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when I first had a chance to, to hear you tell your story, um, we were in Zurich. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in the back of the room with Greg Wells, and, uh, who is on our podcast too. And, um, and I, Greg said to me, he turned to me and he said, Lisa is not giving herself enough credit. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He said, what Lisa has accomplished with CF and, and that level of, of uh, is, is it's just incredible because, you know, she, everyone would tell her she couldn't do it. From the outside looking in, you'd say, there's no way. Mm -hmm. And he said, whenever a child, I work with a child who was di diagnosed, and the parents are like saying, uh-oh, like life is over, mm -hmm. he would use you as an example mm -hmm. for kids <laughs> to say, meet Lisa, yeah. CF, triathlete, Ironman triathlete, winner, ranked international, like, it's not over. No. So, you, I don't know if you know this, I don't know if you know that story, I think Greg may have told you this. Yeah, he did tell me. But, like, you've inspired kids that will never meet you, you never meet them, but you're a great example for that. And I mean, that itself is a great a testament to, to personal leadership, personal yeah. drive. Mm -hmm. So what, what is that still now drives you? Is it strictly just to stay healthy, or is it, what else drives you to keep you yeah, know. to stay healthy. I mean, I know it'll keep me healthy. If I don't exercise, I have to do different therapies related to CF. Yeah. So different breathing exercises and, and um, pounding therapies. Yeah. And the, I relate those to being sick. Mm -hmm. And I relate sport to being healthy. Mm -hmm. And so if they both do the same thing, I'm going to do the thing that builds my self-esteem and makes me feel indestructible and makes me happy mm -hmm. versus the thing that makes me feel like I'm sick. Yeah. And so that's sort of my choice. And it, it really... Um, it, may, it fills me up when, right. I, when I'm active. And I, and I also think it, it delivers a message to other people. I, I, want, I want people to know that movement is good and mm -hmm. exercise, and any kind of exercise is good. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I mean, I coach different athletes, and I've got some that run 45 seconds and walk for two minutes. So it's not all about cross the finish line sure. first. It's about just being fit and yeah. active and living a long, healthy life. So I, I live that every day, and it's, it's, it's what I believe. So... Uh, and, and then I'll get notes from parents with kids with CF. And yeah. 
and it, uh, it, it, it's so important. And I, I love that they um, aren't, you know, they have a bit of hope. And I it, can understand it, it, it. gives them hope. I can understand. I couldn't at first, like in the early days when I first got diagnosed, I didn't want anyone to know I had CF. Mm -hmm. I didn't, not even my coach knew I had CF. I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I didn't want the built-in excuse. I had a bad race because I had a chest infection. I didn't want anyone to know. And it was always like with a little asterisk. Yes. You didn't want yeah. the asterisk. And, and you just so, wanted to be yeah. yeah. And, and so I didn't really realize that there was could be a message behind my racing. And it was a few years later that I realized that I needed more to racing. So I was a teacher. Mm -hmm. And as a teacher, I became a teacher because I loved young people. I wanted to see them grow and develop into wonderful human beings. I wanted to have impact on young people. So when I stopped teaching, part of me lost that. And so racing is such a selfish pursuit sure. that I was, you know, I, I had won a few times and I started thinking, I need more than this. Like, I need that teaching impact. And I realized, hey, like, you know, you're made the way you are for a reason. And I think your reason has to involve CF in some way. And, yeah. uh, and when I opened my eyes to it, I thought, yeah, you know, like even when I was sick in 2010, and it was scary for me. Like you know, my lung function was 55%. That's one lung, basically. And yeah. I'd gone from being this elite athlete to now huffing and puffing, walking up the stairs. And I started to go on the internet and look at, you know, how, how healthy, like how do people rebound from IV? How long was that person on IV and what did their lung function come back to? And is it possible? Like, am I going to get better or is this it? Am I only going to be a 55% or am I going to have a lung transplant? And I started researching all these people looking for hope. And that was exactly what people would do with me. Yeah, <laughs> they looked at 100%. me for hope. Yeah. And, and so I just see the importance of it so much. And I don't want to abuse that position. I want to make sure I give it justice. So you, you, you when was the last time you competed in a triathlon? Ironman triathlon. Uh, an Ironman, uh, my last Ironman was 2007. Yeah. My last professional triathlon was 2009. I did a triathlon uh, a couple of years ago to raise money for CF in Denmark. That was 2014, I think. Okay. And then I did one in uh, 2017 for right. another charity. Where was that one? Uh, Chile Pucon. Wow. In, uh, Chile, South America, sorry. Wow. <laughs> so do you, do you miss the competing? Uh, not really. I, I mean, I... If I could be world class and be mm -hmm. back where I was and have a, a shot at winning Hawaii, mm -hmm. but it's not realistic. Well, I, I like I like competing. I still do running races. Yeah. I I don't miss the um, packing my bike and to, like all the logistics behind being a triathlete racing. Mm -hmm. I like being a triathlete, but it's way easier to go to a running race with a pair of running shoes. <laughs> yeah, just get up and go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All the logistics of a bike, and then the bike gets there, and it might not work, and it's it's always so complicated. So when did you transition into um, kind of full, speak? You speak full time now. I speak full time. I finally wrote my book. Yes. And uh, I wrote a book. I'm coaching. What the book's title is? Uh, An unlikely champion. Right. And uh, available on Amazon and uh, not and Amazon. My website. Website. Yeah. Only on our website, which we'll have all this in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can definitely, definitely order it. <laughs> so what? So you got the book and you're speaking. So, speaking. so how long? Have, how, how long has that been passed? The speaking path been going? I mean, I've been doing that for a long time, probably over ten years, mm -hmm. but more seriously in the last couple of years yeah. for sure. Uh, but. Um, and what is your what is the message like? What do you, what do you? I mean, obviously the the, the your story. The, you know the, the the athletic adventure you've been on, the mm -hmm. journey you've been on, mm -hmm. is definitely a gateway into into mm -hmm. who you are and, and what you're doing. But what is what is the the takeaway 
for those who haven't heard Lisa uh, at this event or another event, what is the takeaway you want the audience to take away from what you're doing? What is, what, what is that message? Um, to how to be world-class at everything you do. How, you know, the, what, are, what are the keys to that? Like, what are the keys to being world-class? So a young person heart? listening to this, like, they're like, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a young person, I'm, I'm lost, I don't know how to become world-class. Like, what is it? Loving what you do, mm -hmm. wanting it with all your heart, uh, loving yourself, loving others, having an inner fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's actual tactics like keeping a journal, all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm going to talk about, although I do mention all that stuff, because there has to be the how to win, like the strate strategies, and then the winning using your mind. Mm -hmm. It's the power of the mind. And you have to put in the work. You have to put in the preparation. So if you want to be a world-class student, um, then you need to study, you need to prepare, you need to show up at class, you need to be engaged, there's right. no question. So the work has to happen, but then it's the loving it and, and getting fired up for it, never taking no for an answer, realizing that any roadblock is really just a speed bump that you can get right over it. Right. And um, yeah, and that's what life is about, is getting fired up for something, uh, accepting who you are, but making changes to be the best person that you can be at all times. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, simple little things, like I love, I hate getting out of my comfort zone. It's nice to do things you're easy at, but every time I get out of my comfort zone, I think to myself, I will be, come out of this stronger. Yeah. Every single that's time. That's where you learn the most. And on, those, on the fringes, on the edges where you don't want it. That's where you learn. And, and so it can be the smallest thing, like mm -hmm. I mentioned, driving in the dark. You know, that is way out of my comfort zone on roads I don't know. And my, my bailout is I'm getting a hotel or I'm getting a, someone yeah. to take me. And then my other part is, Lisa, this is uncomfortable, but you will be so proud of yourself when you're done. Mm -hmm. And so just stick with it. And, get, and that is the tiniest example. But, and it could be a bigger example at some other stage. But there's, you know, there's not one situation that's been bad that hasn't turned out to be good. So mm -hmm. even the students that are here, when they apply to different universities, that, that's a huge decision to decide which university they're gonna go to. And they may make a decision and they're not really sure of that decision, but everything will happen for a reason and they have to trust that. Whatever that reason is, it will, it will come to fruition at some stage. And, and just put your heart into it yeah. and you will come out on top. A lot of young people, um, and this I think is people in general, you know, there's always a question of what do I do next? Mm -hmm. And um, I think in 2018, when this is, we're, we're chatting here, uh, maybe listen to this in 2027, mm -hmm. um, but you know, a lot of young people um, don't know what to do next mm -hmm. because you know, we, we, we send a lot of kids off to university in college and get a degree, get a degree, but they don't really, they don't, they don't know what what to do with it, mm -hmm. you know. And that's, I think that's a really big challenge. Mm -hmm. um, when you stopped running competitively mm -hmm. um, as a way of life every mm -hmm. day, like, what, did you have other choices? Did you think about going back to teaching? Did you mm -hmm. were you lost? Did you feel? What was your feelings like? Did you? Yeah, you made I, that decision, and you know, you said, I, "I'm done doing the Ironmans." Yes, yeah, I had set myself up. Like I had things that I was always doing. I was never solely focused on sport. Mm -hmm. So I had done television commentary for yes, CBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had done speaking before. I had done coaching before. So I had like all these little things in place. But I think that decision that you're talking about is similar to the TED talk that you did: micro decisions, yeah. macro decisions. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Whoa. Too big of a decision. Not yeah. even not even the most intelligent person in the world can figure that out. Think about what you're going to do in the next week, in the next day. It doesn't have to be that gargantuan decision. And yeah. most people, whatever, I went to university for math and computer science and I knew I wanted to be a teacher. 
I'm not teaching right now. I'm not in the system. I'm not doing math and computer teaching. science, but I am teaching. So yes. it's like it's taken a different course. Yeah. And so trust in your love. I, I remember wanting to be a teacher from the early, early days, and everyone said, there's no jobs in teaching. And I'm like, I love teaching. I want to be a teacher. And I became a teacher, and I got a job, and I was fortunate. But I did what I wanted. And I remember other people that wanted to do something, maybe it was in art or um, you know, artistic design, oh, there's no jobs in that. And they choose something else and they weren't happy. Just mm. do what you love. If you love it, you will be amazing at it. World class doesn't mean the best, best, best in the world. It means your world class, your best of. Yeah, and everybody's for you. for you. Your best of, like my father does not have an, did not have an education. He's passed away now. He did not have an education. And he went to grade eight and worked in a factory. And I still think he's one of the smartest people that I know. And I don't mean smart in books. He yeah, was just wise. wise. He was wise. And he was kind. And he was simple. And he was, it wouldn't be fired up by speaking in front of a group of 3,000 people. He'd be fired up by enjoying a nice meal with his family. He was world class in, in my eyes and so in his eyes. So we often think of world class as being the LeBron James being the, you know, whatever, the best of whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You're saying it's, it's being world class in your world. In your world. And, yeah. you know, sometimes I, I mean, we always wish. And, and that's one message that I give is try not to wish to be somebody else. But, you know, sometimes I wish, oh, I wish I had like a more, a calmer life that I wasn't, you know, jetting here or jetting there. And then I think I probably wouldn't be as happy. Like that's not, that's not where, that's not where I was brought. That's not why I'm here. Not right now. Maybe in 10 years, maybe I'll be filled up by just sitting down and relaxing. But at the moment, this is what I do. I love yeah. going all over and it doesn't work for everybody. People will be like, my gosh, you do so much in a day. But for me, it's, for me, it's fantastic. But I also look at the simpler life and I can, you know, I can see my father sitting at the kitchen table with his serviette down his top and that filled him up. And that's all, you know, and so everybody. Is, so I think that's sorry, I was gonna say, I think it's hard for a lot of young people, mm -hmm. uh, well, human beings, mm -hmm. is being present anymore. Yes. Like you're saying your dad was, he would just sit there and enjoy and absorb yes. the world around him. Yes. I think young people are always wanting the next thing, quick, fast, you know, mm -hmm. Instagram, Insta life, yes. Insta everything. Yes. And they don't want to just in, soak in the moment. Soak in the moment. And, and I can say, honestly, when I raced, I soaked in the moment. I still try to soak in the moment. But you're but alone I, in, that, in that time. Yeah. It's just you for twenty. Just soaked for, it up for twenty-six miles for forty-two kilometers. Yeah. It's just you for yes. the hundred and what's this? What's, what's the rate? The bike. Hundred eighty kilometers. Three point eight kilometers swim. Like you're alone. Yeah, I'm alone. I mean, obviously you're battling yeah. yourself internally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've got to keep going. You think a lot of self-talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're 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 your your post along the way where you know you are. But yes. I mean, in those alone times, mm -hmm. what would you think about? Thinking about convincing myself to continue. So I would be feeding myself my assets, like what I had going for me, why I was going to be successful. Yeah. I was thinking about my best workouts. I was thinking about my why. Why am I here? Why am I racing? Why is huge. And, and I held on to that. So when I coach athletes now, I say one of my mandatory things is you need a theme for your race because you have to come back to home base mm -hmm. many times because mm -hmm. it's easy to go down the dark road. And I think our students can are, can be very similar. They can get taken down a road which is like, oh, that's hard. Come back to, why are you great? Like, why are you going to be great? Mm -hmm. So yes, this is a stressful situation. This isn't nice, but come back to, you are great. And um, so in those stressful times, that's why I would make an asset list and my theme and why am I out here? So, you know, one of my last races, I was really sick. I, my lung function was down to 70% and I was, 
shouldn't have raced according to professional standards. And um, I raced because I had CF. This was my whole thing. Do the best you can with your deck of cards. Get in there and do your best. You, you weren't and, a victim. No. And I went in and I was way slower than ever. And I was way further back. I, I honestly couldn't even tell you where I finished. Everyone was so worried. But my effort was exactly the same as if I was racing and winning. Yeah. The effort was exactly the same. And you know, my theme, my, you know, my mission statement, my theme was be the best you can with your deck of cards. And I went in there and I finished it the best that I could. And that was good enough. That was winning. That mm -hmm. was world class. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, and that's what we have to do even on those, those hard, you know, the harder days. And, and everyone will have it. And our students will definitely have it. Yeah. They, they've got a lot of those roads ahead. But I think people do in general. In general. Every throat life, you just, you know, you run into these type of things. Yeah. Um, what was the toughest... What was the toughest loss? What was, it, was there a tough, a tough, a really tough moment when you were racing in those in those dozens of Ironmans that you just you just think back and think that was the tough one? Did you ever want to throw it in? Was there a tough hmm. moment? I, I think when we talk about people who've done great things, successful things, they don't yeah. see the the tough side. They think like they don't like your bio doesn't your bio says eleven Ironman right. didn't say an X number of losses, yeah, yeah, an yeah. X number of you know I fell here, I almost drowned there, I my bike wiped <laughs> out over here. We don't, we don't, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. people to understand like those who oh, are successful yeah. have really crummy times. Totally. Sometimes. Well, I mean, again, I it was a loss, but it was a win, and mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you why. So basically, I think it was 1998. Not, yeah, 1998. Uh, I was doing the Hawaii Ironman World Championship. So in 1997 was my first year racing Ironman. And I had gone, come in ninth at the Hawaii mm -hmm. Ironman World Championships. So now the next year, I thought, oh, if I train harder and I train more, I'm going to be more successful. And of course, it backfired. And I get to the Hawaii Ironman, and I it was the first time I had learned that I could sweat out too much sodium. Mm. So I sweat out a lot of sodium in the race. That's and salt. Salt. The sodium is salt. And that's a byproduct of having CF. So right. you're actually diagnosed with CF by your sweat chloride test, which is the amount of salt you lose. Wow. So uh, as a person with CF, I needed to supplement my sodium, but I didn't know that. And so I was in the Hawaii Ironman, very, very hot, and my body started cramping only four hours into the race. In the race, it was over 10. That's how long it takes, 10 hours? Yeah, between nine and 10. On that day, I think it took me 10. And so my muscles started cramping, my arms started cramping, my legs started cramping. I still have more than halfway to go, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? And so, of course, I drank more and ate more, and it wasn't working, and I started the marathon. I finished the bike, and I started the marathon, and my muscles were just firing like crazy. And so I thought, I must be running out of salt. So I started taking salt, and you know, my, everything was swollen because I wasn't absorbing anything, and I was crying and walking and crying and walking and thinking, what am I doing out here? I've got a degree in math and computer science. I could be sitting in an office making six figures. I don't and have I'm, to be here. Like, I don't have to be here. And I thought, yeah. this is horrific. And um, I walked and cried and walked and cried and got to the finish line, went to medical, and of course, I was almost in shock because I lost so much sodium. And... So that was a huge loss, but, so then I went and said, okay, I'm gonna go get myself that six-figure job, and off I went to my interviews, my, um, there was a workshop for anyone who graduated math and computer science, and I went and I sat down for these interviews, and they were like, okay, we want you to be our website designer, and do you have any questions for us? And I said, well, can I work from home? And they were like, mm, no, I think you'll pretty much have to come into the office. I said, do you think I could work like maybe four hours a day? And they were like, mm, no, this is pretty much like a full day. How about two days a week? They were like, you don't want to work, do you? I went, nope. And I then resigned from teaching. 
And I said, I have to give the sport 100%. Yeah. And so it was a loss and yet a win because it made me realize that my heart was into finding success yeah. despite the adversity. And the other side of failure is often our greatest Always. successes. So what was the most memorable success? What was the most memorable, what was the, the finish line or the moment, whatever you crossed, and that was the, the one that just stands out the best, or the moment that stands out the best to you? It probably would be my, when I've crossed the finish line with Carter, who was the young boy that had CF. And where, where is this? What, this is in the Hawaii Ironman. Okay. And I actually, it was my last Ironman. I was very injured and I wasn't going to race Hawaii. And his mother had been in touch with me throughout the year because her son, Carter, had CF, and so we kept in touch. And she so wrote me this letter and said, Carter has written a letter to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and he made a wish that he would like to cross the finish line with you at the Hawaii Ironman. Wow. So I hope you're going to race because we've got a trip to Hawaii. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're cornered now. Better do it. Yeah. And, and so I did the Hawaii Ironman and I was very injured and I was not healthy, uh, but I knew what I had waiting for me. I had my theme, I had my purpose. Your why? And I had my why and it was, I better get there to, to the 100 meters to go. And there was Carter and we crossed the finish line together. And that was, you know, that was sort of my theme of my career yeah. was hope. I mean, that was hope for people with CF because Carter said to me, I'm gonna cross the finish line with you when I do my first Ironman. And for a child with CF to say that is, is huge. So that was a, a career highlight because there's no time associated with that. There's no finish associated with that. That's just all in your heart. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> um, couple last thoughts. Um, where do you where, where do you go now? What's next for you? Are you, can you speaking? Is there a book? Is there more running? Is there more <laughs> racing? Is there more? What is next? Gosh, I'm going to, you know, keep speaking, uh, keep, you know, honing my message. And I feel like I, I develop a bit more towards my message every single time. Like I kind of, you know, I have a message and then I'll think of something else and I'll think, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's really it. So I, I just keep exploring mm -hmm. um, my career for more messages because mm -hmm. it, it was filled with so much. Uh, I'm very interested in getting people moving and doing sport, especially Being people healthy. that have um, CF. There's no question about that. But, you know, teenagers, teenage girls, uh, self-esteem, the, the self-esteem that comes from uh, doing sport is huge. So I, I love to be part of movements like that. Yeah. I love coaching. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a big link. My, my, my wife is a high school phys ed teacher. Yeah. And uh, she always talks about that we need to have young people more active because there's a big mental health yeah. component with being active and being mentally healthy as mm -hmm. well. So physically and mentally are very tied together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because in, in education and we've taken, we're taking, we're kind of removing that educa physical education has taken a back, a real mm -hmm. back seat to everything mm -hmm. else. And then school sport has also really dropped. Like I mean, mm -hmm. when I was in high school back in 19, uh, uh, um, I mean, being on a school team was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Now they struggle to get coaches. They struggle to get uh, put a team yes. of basketball or volleyball. Or it's a real struggle. So, do you think there's a link between? And I'm not saying this is I mean, you're, you're at all an expertise you have, but mm -hmm. do you think there's a link between mental health and exercise and that type of thing? A hundred percent. Even just, I know myself that I'm grounded when I do sport. When everything seems like it's falling apart. 
I, I mean, everyone needs to do something they're familiar with. And for me, it's sports. So when I need to feel grounded, I'll go for a jog or I'll do some sort of exercise. And I just kind of go, okay, I'm back, like, you know, I'm back in control of things again. So for someone who's an alcoholic, that would be a drink. So for, you know, you've got to have something. And, and so I think for young people to have something that builds their self-esteem and, and sport is just typically the thing. It's, it's, it's something where you feel good about right. yourself. I mean, for you though, for, sport for you is, a, is an individual sport. It is. It could be anything, though. Right. So I'm saying, yes. like, people think, I want to be on a team. I can't make a team, but it doesn't yeah. have to be a team. It Absolutely could be an individual not. sport. I mean, at the end of the day, like soccer is running, and and you know, anyone who's on a football team at age 20 won't be on a football team when they're 80. Probably not. So you need to be doing lifestyle sports. Yeah. And lifestyle sports, it, like people who hate swimming, I always say, well, eventually you're going to be a swimmer because your knees are going to like think body is going to give yeah, it. Yeah, you, so, you can't have the impact on your legs. Yeah. Learn that. to love the water yeah. at some stage because you'll have to at some yeah. stage be in the water. Yeah. But movement and, you know, keeping yourself healthy and you know, you know, living full. I mean, I just really see that sport's a huge part of that. And uh, I was just involved with a, an organization called Fit Active Beautiful, and, and they try to stop the poverty cycle for teenage girls. Uh, so 15-year-olds, they're born by 15-year-old mothers. They all get pregnant at 15, basically, you know, cycle. and the whole cycle begins. Yeah. And so they started recruiting young girls in this situation and giving them running shoes, t-shirt, coaching, transportation to the uh, practice, and then a 5K to try to break that cycle. And, and th programs like that, it, it works. I love it. They've had 1,000 girls go through it. It's working, it's 100%, working. yeah. It's working. And, and you know, I meet some, I meet some people, you know, young and old, not all teenagers, so 20s, 30s, and there's sadness in their world, and I just want to get them walk running like just yeah. let's, let's just move because yes, I know what it does for me and I know what it can do for people I just get you know give it a little tiny chance I always ask um, anybody you know there's a uh, Tim Ferriss has a podcast mm -hmm. and he always asks his guests on the podcast um, if you have a billboard in the <laughs> world what would it say mm -hmm. so everybody could read it um, a simple straightforward statement and I think billboards are old so <laughs> I say if you could send a text message out to anybody to everybody in the world with one message mm -hmm. what would that text message say that everyone got all at once mm -hmm. I'd probably say finish what you start and do it with heart finish what you start and do it with heart mm -hmm. I love that yeah that's a good message <laughs> I love that thank you for hanging out and chatting where can everybody get hold of you you're you're available online you got a online website lisabentley.com yeah. on twitter at Lisa Bentley, instagram yeah. all Lisa the social meds. Bentley123 Okay. Uh, yeah. Facebook. Facebook, Lisa Bentley. Yeah. And, uh, there's, there's yeah. There's a team there, Lisa Bentley. Um, <laughs> and, and of course, we'll put everything in the show notes so you can, everybody can hook up with that and connect with that, which is really great. Lisa, thank you so much. Anyone leave us with any thoughts? Any final thoughts? Uh, I just, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. You're making a difference in, in young people's lives. And that's where, that's where it's at. Those are our, fu that's our future. That's our, yeah. that's our future. And well, I'm love getting, it. I'm getting older. They all say the same age. Anyway, thanks, Lisa. You're awesome. <laughs> you. Appreciate you. All right. <laughs>